Government Initiatives to Strengthen Domestic Supply Chains. The logistics economy edged downward last month. And how soon will we see autonomous trucks? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. Propane is the safe, reliable energy for material handling. Propane-powered forklifts can improve air quality inside your facilities for a healthier, more productive workforce. See how propane can give your productivity a boost at propane.com forklifts. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, last week the Biden administration unveiled more plans to strengthen our domestic supply chains with the goals of making them more resilient. To find out more details on the initiatives, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. Anyone who works in logistics knows that the sector has faced some real challenges over the past couple years beginning with the pandemic disruptions, of course, uh, and then quickly adding turbulence and fuel prices, inflation, interest rates, unemployment and labor issues, weather extremes, uh, seems to go on and on. And last week we heard that the Biden administration had announced a collection of some 30 actions that it said will help to strengthen domestic supply chain operations. Now, federal actions can always tend to be complex, and this one has dozens of different parts. So to help us understand the implications of this package of policies, we have this week's guest on the show. He's Sharag Modi, who is Corporate Vice President of Industry Strategy at Blue Yonder. Welcome, Sharag. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, to start us off, could you give a quick description of what Blue Yonder does and what is its role in this broad topic of national supply chain issues? Absolutely. So Blue Yonder is uh, the largest uh, end-to-end supply chain uh, software suite of company. Uh, We are the OEM, so to speak, of uh, software for supply chain planning. Um, You know, we do warehouse management, we do transportation management, order management, returns management, essentially anything related with supply chain. Uh, If you're handling supply chain, you are likely using one of our software products. And uh, we've been around for 40 some years and uh, we love to love to play a role in uh, bigger and making us better. So you guys cover a lot of waterfront there. Uh, the new White House policies uh, have to juggle a lot of different interests. For example, uh, can they both provide critical support that we needed as we've discussed to US supply chain systems, but also benefit the workers that make it work? That's correct. So essentially anything related with a bigger scale, and we all know United States government has that scale, being the largest economy in the world, largest army in the world. Um, you know, it spends a you know a lot of money to uh, to innovate uh, in on this front and make us better as a, as a society, if you will. And in this particular case, last four years in uh, it has taught us uh, in the United States a lot of things. And one of them being supply chain, how critical the supply chains are. You know, we saw a lot of shortages in different areas. 
and how those things impacted food costs, those things impacted inflation, those things impacted unemployment rates. Uh, so this is the reason why the government's finally coming to the table and saying, you know, we have let you know private sector do a lot of this work, but it's time to kind of look at this in a big picture and have a top-down view of this where, where we'll get involved and endorse a lot of these policies. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so they're talking about some of the threats and disruptions we all saw, and those are certainly top of mind for any company in this area today. Uh, the new policies address some of those, uh, but can investing in new capabilities to monitor supply chain risks actually help that U.S. supply chain operators are able to identify any potential vulnerabilities or threats and maybe even work around them? Yeah, I think uh, when you think through, Ben, uh, the role the technology plays, it is meant to scale uh, the issues and uh, it, it is meant to uh, bring those issues to the table a lot faster at a higher, higher, much bigger scale. So I think that's really what the government is trying to do is maybe have the technology, uh, you know, players as well as uh, endorse some of the technologies to to able to bring front, uh, bring up front a lot of those vulnerabilities you talked about, uh, whether they are critical parts where you only have maybe one or two suppliers in the mix, but you don't have necessarily, you know, three or four. Uh, how do you how do you deal with situations like that? Um, you know, we have seen uh, during pandemic where the nasal, nasal, nasal swab, the testing swabs, uh, there used to be only one large company in the in the country which used to make that. And how the government really kind of uh, went after that company and said, hey, we will give you a lot of investment dollars because this is critical part of, uh, of U.S. national security issue. So they're, they're looking at doing something similar and with not just that one area, but uh, you know, plethora of areas. I'm talking about you know, military uh, parts and suppliers. I'm talking about uh, food-related topics. I'm talking about drugs, you know, the pharmaceutical drugs. Um, you know, a lot of those supply chains need uh, reinforcements, and that's really what the government's trying to do now with these programs. That makes sense. Um, and and the, the, those spiraling food prices was, was another one of those variables that we mentioned a little earlier. Um, and food and agriculture indeed is another focus of some of these new policies. How can strengthening those agricultural supply chains help to expand economic opportunities for farmers and workers, and then eventually lower those high food prices we've been seeing? Yeah, I think the biggest issue in the food uh, sector, Ben, is around disruptions in uh, weather patterns, disruptions uh, due to uh, hurricanes or you know natural disasters. You also see a lot of issues with respect to um, uh, food wastage. Um, you know the yield, if you will, on the food per acre of uh, growing. You know how can technology help? bring that number up so that the economy scale perspective, the food price could potentially continue to go down. I think that's one area, Ben, where technology could play a big, big role. You know, and, and we, as a technology, we have come a long, long way from, you know, the early, you know, Microsoft DOS and, uh, you know, that those Windows and others 
to cloud computing and you know data now available at you know fingertips you know how do you actually leverage that data to bring quote unquote food prices down or other you know efficiency factors in i think that's really what the government's trying to do with that scale got it and uh, so blue yonder of course is a technology company and 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 that's uh, anybody would agree a crucial tool for reaching these goals that we've been talking about uh, indeed some of these new administration policies say that investment in digital and artificial intelligence technologies will enhance productivity uh, and better delivery of goods and services. Um, do, do, do you agree that that's a, a possible goal? Are we going to get there? Absolutely, yes. Uh, like anything else, Ben, I mean, I'm talking about the early GPS days. The military, United States military got behind it and how it was able to then uh, you know, endorse it and make it you know, available to the wider public. Um, it is something similar. The biggest difference is there is a sh lot of work being done in artificial intelligence area already. So it's not like United States government is coming you know, at a time to really kind of start from scratch, you know, much like it did you know, in GPS times. But now there is a lot of investment uh, going on in artificial intelligence to move in the same direction, you know, improving efficiencies, reducing costs and reducing waste and, and how that all kind of comes together to make it make it better for all of us. Really interesting. Sounds like we're coming into a fascinating time when we could see some quick developments. Uh, we, we really appreciate your joining us here today to talk about them, and maybe we can touch base again as this continues to unroll. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, thank you, Shirag. Our guest today has been Shirag Modi from Blue Yonder. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Shirag and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Victoria, you wrote this week that the logistics economy took a turn downward last month. Can you share the numbers? Absolutely, Dave. Happy to. Yeah, so um, economic activity in the logistics industry fell in November following three months of steady increases. And that's according to the latest Logistics Managers Index Report, or LMI, which was released this past Tuesday. LMI researchers attributed the slowdown to a decline in inventory levels as companies prepared for fourth quarter holiday sales. Uh, subsequent growth in warehousing and transportation capacity were also factors, as were slowdowns in transportation and warehousing utilization. As our listeners may know, the LMI is a monthly survey of logistics managers nationwide. Uh, it's aimed at gauging activity across warehousing and transportation markets. The report assigns a score for overall activity and a reading above 50 indicates growth in demand for logistics services and a reading below 50 indicates contraction. So in November, the index dipped seven points to a reading of 49.4, which is just below that 50-point threshold. So we're talking about a mild contraction here. Right. So though it is contracting, conditions have been in a growth mode for a while, right? Yes, that's right. And conditions have remained pretty much above 50 for the life of the LMI, which has been around for about seven years now. Um, and what that means really is that demand for logistics services has remained strong or pretty solid. The index contracted for the first time in its history this past May and slid to an all-time low reading of 45.4 in July before returning to growth in August, as you noted. It was growing uh, through up until this past uh, November, this past month. 
And although this year is the first time we've seen activity shrink, essentially, the slowdown is sort of in line with a broader trend that began in the spring of 2022. And that's when activity began to slow from record high demand for logistic services that we saw during the pandemic. Demand has certainly slowed uh, for a variety of reasons, and the researchers have been saying for a while now that conditions would be swinging back to sort of more typical industry growth patterns. I mentioned at the outset uh, declining inventory levels, and that reflects a broader trend as well. If you recall, last year there was a glut of inventory in the supply chain, and it looks like retailers and others may have spent some time this year working through all that. Um, we still have to get through December, of course, so we'll see what the report shows in early January to see if November slowdown is just a blip or a more sustained trend. Right, and um, hopefully the new year will bring some badly needed improvements for the industry after uh, kind of a rough 2023. Absolutely. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. And Ben, you wrote this week about what it may take to deploy autonomous trucks at a large scale. Can you give us some details? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, it's been kind of a rough year also for autonomous vehicles. Uh, some consumers have taken Tesla to court for claiming that its cars have features like uh, full self-driving mode or autonomous mode. Uh, the drivers of Teslas, uh, you might know, need to provide uh, active driver supervision, the company says, and be fully attentive and have their hands on the wheel. So not so much autonomous. We also saw General Motors Cruise model of cars suspend their driverless taxi service in San Francisco uh, for blocking traffic frequently. And also there's an autonomous trucking company called Too Simple that was uh, delisted by NASDAQ uh, when its stock had uh, financial irregularities. Uh, and they're actually pulling out of the US now. But there are some ongoing trials by other companies. Uh, Gatic is, is one example. Um, they're typically doing sort of middle mile routes just on highways with driverless trucks. Uh, but this week we also saw some progress in another area and that's how to build the network of autonomous trucks. That came with news that Daimler Truck North America, they have an autonomous trucking subsidiary called Torque Robotics, and they're going to use data from Uber Freight, which is, of course, a digital freight matching service. Well, that really sounds interesting, but why does a self-driving truck need uh, freight data? Uh, that's what I was curious about as well. It, it actually points to one of the reasons that it's been so hard to get these uh, things running with the entire system to work, you need a network of um, three things. You need trucks that run reliably. Uh, in this case, those will come from Daimler. Uh, technology that can drive the vehicle. And in this case, that comes from Torque Robotics. And then you need a network of highways and warehouses where you're gonna send those self-driving trucks. Uh, that last part is where Uber Freight comes in in this instance. Uh, Torque says that it can analyze Uber Freight's logistics data, uh, can study shippers' networks and volume patterns, they can identify the most suitable commercial applications to deploy their autonomous trucks. Uh, for example, they hope to figure out which lanes are optimal for deployment, how to prioritize the rollout of those different lanes. Uh, they have to balance supply and demand for the autonomous trucks and where to build transfer hubs to minimize the costs of local hauls. So Torque says that those kind of details are the uh, missing links to help them get over the barriers of commercial adoption. So that fits in with their long-term goal to try to commercialize those autonomous trucks at scale by 2027. So even if uh, th this deal with Uber Freight uh, can provide them with that missing information, it's still several years off.
Yeah, it seems that way. I do hope, though, that the autonomous technology advances, as I think it would really help a lot of our problems within the industry. Agreed. Yep, they, they mentioned a lot of problems. They're trying to solve this. Thanks, Ben. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Also, check out the podcast notes section for some direct links to read more about the topics that we discussed today. And again, we'd like to thank Sharag Modi of Blue Yonder for being our guest. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. Speaking of subscribing, check out our sister podcast series. It's called Supply Chain in the Fast Lane, co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. Propane is the safe, reliable energy for material handling. Propane-powered forklifts can improve air quality inside your facilities for a healthier, more productive workforce. See how propane can give your productivity a boost at propane.com slash forklifts. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. Be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.